Hey, welcome to another episode of the Who Dat Jedi podcast. We are the Who Dat Jedi. Did you guys notice about what a couple weeks ago I started calling us the Who Dat Jedi? It's like the Ohio State. I don't know. No, we're 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 we're, we're the Who Dat Jedi. So, um, uh, but anyway, I'm Aaron, and with me as always is Fredo and Dave. How you doing, guys? Good. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. And uh, I saw Dave. Have they taken away the tree from your neutral ground? That's <laughs> still there. Our our duck blind got taken down uh, yesterday. Um, That's good. Yeah, I had yeah. like bobcats driving all over my front lawn and everything. So that was just wonderful. But oh well. Um, but they got our they got our stuff on our street. So that was nice. But that's a yeah. big Matanke. tree that you got in your neutral ground. <laughs> yeah, I said, um, he came by and I said, okay, so when you leave, you need to look and see the, uh, the look at the neutral ground and see the the tree. Our tree is out on the neutral ground. It takes up basically in half a city block. I mean, the thing is just, it just goes and goes and goes. It's ridiculous. You know, we need somebody with some craftsmanship to like, to make like a crash speeder bike that we can just, you know, put there, you know. Uh, I mean, this was the time to order the Ewok costumes for the kids and just have them all standing in front. Have big down tree, have an explosion, have Aaron in his... Uh, stormtrooper uniform down, you know, looking like he just got you know, run through by his No, gear. you don't understand. If I'm in my stormtrooper armor and I get knocked down, I, I'm not getting up. <laughs> no, I'm so, just, I'm just, that's a big days. fear. That is a big fear, marching in Mardi Gras parades and you yeah. hit beads on the street and you slide for about three feet. Oh, that's the biggest oh, McClunky moment that you will ever have because you're like, if I fall... A, I'm not getting back up, and B, I'm probably breaking my armor, and that would make me sad. So, um, yeah. And C, I imagine that there's no give in terms of protection. Oh, no. No. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I'll, have you... I'll, have, I'll have, like, ABS plastic jammed in my... My no be... <laughs> Oh, great. <laughs> when you look at some of the Mandalorian and all those soldiers... Uh, oh, that makes me guys. wince. That that makes me wince all the time. Or I watch, but you know, like mm. even the movies, you know, like the A New Hope, and you see the stormtroopers falling all over the place. I'm just like, no, don't do that. But anyway, such problems. Um, sp- speaking of such problems, the Saints. We're not going to talk about them uh, because <laughs> that was uh, wow. All I'll say is I was glad that they clearly let us know that this wasn't the week with enough time for us to go find other things to do with our Sunday afternoon. You know, I was, enough to do that. I was on the verge on Saturday or maybe even Sunday morning, but I, of tweeting, Hey, Saints fans, let's just don't let's, let's listen to what the coach says and let's not eat the cheese because, you know, there's a very good possibility that we just crap the bed on Sunday and I was like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to jinx it, but I guess just thinking it jinxed it. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, it is what it is, but, uh, what we, we got, um, this week no, we've got the Patriots, the Patriots, but it's, um, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows what will happen? That's kind of what we were talking about before, you know, just all football this year is like, who knows what's going to happen? So, well, enough of the football. Let's do some trivia. I got the old man glasses today, so I can read better. Um, so, um, Dave, 
What Imperial officer refers to the Death Star as the ultimate power in the universe? I think we've had this one. Yeah. Is it... Uh... Okay, I knew it. <sighs> God. I, you know, I know this one, but I'm blanking here. Um, you're right. I think we have had this one. Um, is it, um, is it Matty? Oh, you're so close. Yes. Admiral Matty. Matty. Yes. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. All right. Um, so we'll, we'll give you three quarters of a point for that one. Um, the Who Dat Jedi podcast where the points are made up and they don't matter. Um, and Fredo, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, what article of clothing does Luke begin wearing midway through the return of the Jedi? Uh, I'm going to take a stab in the dark and go lightsaber. That's an article of clothing? Oh, okay. Oh, then a glove. <laughs> it's like, wow. <laughs> oh, I was starting to think, wait a minute. You have what had a long week, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, a glove. Tomato. Yeah, it is a glove. <laughs> All right, yeah, folks, this is the kind of podcast t- you're going to have tonight. <laughs> yeah, that was not tomato, tomato. That was tomato, a glove. What kind of beer do you want, Fredo? Chicken noodle. <laughs> He's got his Bucky's glass. Um, all right, and, oh, come on. What commerce group is represented at separatist meetings by the stately Son Hill? Oh, Lord. I'm going to think the banking clan. Yes, the intergalactic banking clan. And this just made me giggle, you know, represented at separatist meetings. It's like, do they have minutes and, you know, <laughs> yeah, anyway. All right. Well, board meetings. So there, there's our trivia. We're all warmed up for Star Wars. What we're going to do tonight, guys, we got some news to go over, some cool stuff coming up. Um, but then we're going to, Star Wars Visions dropped yesterday. And uh, so I think Fredo and Dave, you guys have watched all of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've only watched yeah. three episodes. Um, so um, don't spoil a whole lot, but it uh, gives me a good taste of stuff. And uh, But first, let's uh, move on over to the news. And I got to say, our first little bit here, and Fredo will talk about it, but Disney Plus Day is coming. And I'm really kind of stoked about um, things that are coming out on Disney Plus soon. And it's not just Star Wars stuff, but it's just the stuff that is coming out. Um, so I'll let you tell the story, then we'll talk about what we're geeking out over. Okay. So yeah, so there was a call with investors by uh, Disney CEO uh, Bob Chappick, where he is, you know, where kind of during a conference he presented the idea of November 12th being Disney Plus Day. You know, Disney likes to have its days. This is the day for Disney Plus. This is the day it premiered. So the idea being that they're going to have a global celebration across all dimensions of the company. Subscribers to Disney Plus will be treated to new content releases across all of the brands of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, National Geographic. And they're gonna have special presentations with sneak peeks of what was to come. And uh, in honor of the second anniversary of Disney Plus, subscribers will access to promotions and experiences across the company Disney parks and resorts around the world and Disney Cruise Line. So the whole idea is they want they're gonna even involve ESPN and ABC and FX and Hulu, National Graphics. So, but here's what they're gonna have for Disney Plus subscribers. 
they're going to have the streaming premiere of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So if you haven't seen it, there you go. Uh, Jungle Cruise is going to be available to all subscribers. Now, I'm not sure it says the beloved Disney family-friendly adventure. I'm not sure if this is the, this must be the The Rock and Emily Blunt movie. Eh? Oh, I don't yeah, know I sure. so. yeah. There's not another Jungle Cruise movie, is there? Okay. No. And by the way, did we say what the date is on Disney Plus Day? That's what I'm going to get to. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. So, Keep going. I, so, I will yeah. shut up. Uh, Disney Plus original Home Sweet Home Alone, which is a reimagining of the Home Alone. Of Home Alone. Because that's what we needed. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, only original series of shorts uh, called Olaf Presents. Uh, talking about Disney Tales, classic Disney Tales. Uh, the Disney Plus streaming debut of Frozen Fever, Feasts, and Paper Man. These are all a bunch of Disney shorts, including uh, Oscar-nominated Mickey Mouse short, Get a Horse. And then they made a short film called Ciao Alberto, which is inspired by uh, Pixar's Luca, which I don't know if you've seen. It's awesome. Uh, a new short from The Simpsons that pays tribute to Disney Plus's marquee brands. I can't wait to hear Homer Simpson uh, try to sell his Disney. Uh, the first five episodes of season two of The World, according to Jeff, I'm sorry, to Jeff Goldblum from National Geographic. A special celebrating the origins and legacy of the legendary bounty hunter, Boba Fett. A special celebrating the MCU and Disney Plus with an excited look towards the future. And, and then the premiere of an original series starring Michael Keaton uh, entitled Dope Sick. All of this coming November twelfth. So the the th and you know and so things that weren't mentioned on here is not part of Disney Plus Day, but I I've, this goes along with what I'm getting geeked out over because right before we came on online with you guys, Brittany and I were watching the trailer for the Muppet Haunted Mansion, mm -hmm. which yeah. looks awesome. It look it just looks total. It looks like total fun. It just looks awesome. Um, also the you know the the Star Wars um, Halloween thing mm -hmm. that's coming up um you know it, it's all all these things I, I didn't really know that i would be enjoying them as much as i am and I, I, disney plus is a hit I'm, I'm not a shill for you know disney or anything like that but you know i got and i got disney plus mainly for star wars i mean let's be honest but holy cow this has just been fun this has mm -hmm. been fun the article makes a good point of saying that in some weird way, given the pandemic, Disney was able to use Disney Plus as their main avenue when theaters were closed. So they were putting stuff like Mulan in there, Black Widow in there, and uh, they were able to have premieres of TV shows that were, they were working on. And in so many ways, it's it's almost like if it, you know, you know alternate universe, alternate reality, we don't have a pandemic, who knows whether they'd have been invested as much into Disney Plus, but seeing the reaction of the audience seeing people you know make it like every friday and now it's every wednesday that their new shows drop and everybody's just within hours putting reaction videos on youtube or reactions on twitter it just shows that people are craving their content they're making it and there's that takes their talent there's also a couple things on there i don't know if you guys have watched any of this but there's a series on there um called imagineering which goes kind of the history of the Disney Imagineers, really, really cool. But then also uh, the new one that has uh, come out recently is uh, Behind the Attraction, mm -hmm. and yeah. some more episodes just dropped on that. And it's 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 very tongue in cheek. It's like it it's the same kind of voice and tone of like the video games that made us or the toys that made us 
or, you know, whatever that made us on, you know, Netflix, it's that tone. So there, there's some self-deprecating, you know, humor in it, but it's like getting you the most popular Disney world and Disneyland attractions and how they came to be. And actually I was, I was talking to a coworker today who's, she's going to be taking vacation, taking her kids to Disneyland. And, um, I told her about, I said, if you got Disney, if you got Disney plus, I said, here, check out this behind the attraction. It'd be a a cool way to get kids fired up about their Disney trip, things like that. Um, so as, as, as an observer, I'm, I'm enjoying the content, but I'm also thinking, man, this was brilliant stuff by Disney because these, that that, I'm watching hours of commercials. (laughs) Uh, well done commercials too, because yeah. uh, they have some of their old legacy content on there too of stuff like um, uh, the Galaxy's Edge. Uh, they, there was a sneak peek of Galaxy's Edge thing that 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 I guess debuted wherever, um, and I you know I just like oh I'm curious about what this is like, so I clicked on it and it was just you know basically garbage. Um, come you know come to the the attraction and it's just a commercial you know but um but you watched it start to finish though right no no no. i couldn't i could not um but the imagineering stuff is like completely different um i i agree with you on that i would endorse that stuff for people that what it would like well like i like a small world it's a small world or i like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, or I like this ride or that ride, and it's like you get to see the history of of the ride, not just like the perspective of people who designed it, but also all the different twists and turns that the the ride took to come into existence. Like some of these rides, like the Haunted Mansion, was one that like just sort of sat on the shelf for like twenty years or something. Um, so yeah, it's that's a really fun, entertaining series. Not all of this stuff is stuff that I'm gonna want to watch, but um, the thing is, is I go back to it as a parent, and Disney Plus is kind of a must. Uh, there's just so much content that they have, and again, with Fox now under their umbrella too, they have yeah. all, they have all this old Fox content now that, that they sprinkle out. Um, what's interesting is if you just get on there someday. You just start looking for old movies. And I was like, well, let me, I wonder if this movie's on here or I wonder if that movie and you find them and it's like, whoa, you know, some of this stuff was not high end, the greatest movie of all time. I have a lot of nostalgia for it because I saw it as a kid or my parents saw it as, as kids. Um, but it, it's there so that you can like go and explore and like that's that's the fun that I have with it. So part of this uh, <clears throat> Disney Plus Day, pardon me, um, is the origins of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, so let let's just put let's put on our tinfoil hats here. And what do we uh, do? You, do you think they're going to talk about the holiday special? Do you think they're going to get into any of Legends? Do you think they're going to, or are they just going to stick to? Um, the prequels, the Clone Wars, and it's just going to be one. I mean, obviously, it's one big special lead up to the Book of Boba Fett. But uh, yeah. I don't know. What do you, or do you think we're going to? Le- do you think we're going to learn anything new? 
we probably need to learn something new. I mean, that, that's part of the, one of the interesting uh, dynamics they could do. They could pepper in, like we got a little bit of Boba Fett in Divisions, and we're going to get a little bit of Boba Fett for Disney Plus Day. And it's all up towards the Boba Fett. So that's, uh, we're probably going to get a little bit more. Uh, how tangentially, how integral it be to the story in Book of Boba Fett? Probably not, but that's not the point. The point is they know that you want to, um, uh, that you're going to you know, enjoy seeing more Boba Fett content. I, I think that that's, it's obviously a concerted effort on their part. I mean, we've talked about the, the connection in Bad Batch. Um, and like, like the biggest upset of all might have been that he didn't turn up himself. Um, but these connections with these other characters are there, and, and we saw those. And um, when they dumped the old uh, the old Legends style content, um, and one of the things that they dumped was the holiday special with with Boba Fett in it. And then now you have him showing up again in Visions. And so, I mean, it's like, yeah, they're they're hitting us over the head with it pretty hard, and. I, I'm I'm in favor of it, I guess, at this point, because it's like, yeah, there's a lot of mystery there. We've talked about this. Like, part of the appeal of Boba Fett was was the mystery, right? Well, they they have <laughs> decided not to go that route, you know, after what we saw in Mandalorian. So it's like, okay, so now you can fill in some of that backstory if you want, and you can show some of these other adventures that he's gotten into, and so, um. For me personally, I'm I'm in favor of it because it's like he used to always just be this guy that people built into this huge, mystical, amazing character that it wasn't there. It wasn't on screen, you know, um, at least that, that, that was my read on the situation. And so for me now, I get to see these these adventures involving this character and see him developed and, I, and I'm all for it. So you think the main talking head is going to be Dave Filoni? Do you think he's now the spokesperson for Star Wars lore? I don't know who the you know that's. I'm just trying to envision what this is going to be because personally, I don't think we're going to learn anything new. This is all going to be they're just going to repurpose a bunch of stuff, right? And and talk about Boba Fett, um, but um, you know, there, you know, I wouldn't rule out footage of the new series. I mean, that'd be kind of cool because we're talking November 12th. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, about a month out from uh, when Book of Boba Fett comes out. So it'd be about time for a trailer. Yeah. Because yeah, so far, we, you know, ever since there was announced. <laughs> we Boba ain't Fett, seen. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We ain't seen. Mm, yeah, exactly. And that's surprising. But at the same time, it's, again, they don't need to put out a lot of teasers and trailers. But putting one on the Disney Plus, they would make perfect sense. It's like, hey, kids, you signed up for the Mandalorian, and here we're going to give you some more Mandalorian. No, you yeah, and I, you know, they may feel a little obligated to kind of explain too. Um, two years ago, right? Is that how far down the road we are at this point? Two years yeah. ago, they debuted the Mandalorian, and everybody just jumped into it with both feet and were like, "Wow, this is awesome! This is great! I love this!" And then. They built upon that in season two, and now it's it, in people's heads. It's time for season three, and they're not going to get season three. They're going to get this instead. So I think there's kind of a maybe just a directive to 
Well, there's ease people into this so that they understand like, hey, this is more of what you want. It's a different character, but let's refresh you on who the character is. And there might be an element of, yeah, kids, we know you all thought he was eaten by the Sarlacc pit, but obviously he wasn't. And yeah, Book of Boba Fett's going to get into that. We're not going to tell you what happened, but you know, there's probably going to, because you know, I'm thinking about people like my brother who, when he saw Darth Maul and Solo was like, mm-hmm thought he was chopped in half you know it's like yeah well yeah he came back as a spider anyway um so yeah i think that you know they might be like i said laying a little bit of calm down everybody yeah this is you know this is we'll get into it but yeah he's back this isn't going you know so um this this is reminding me of and we, we can get off this story here in a second but this is reminding me of do you guys remember when they would have in the fall the preview for Saturday morning cartoons. Hi, yes. That was the <laughs> highlight of TV as a kid. I remember what like Friday night or some junk like that that you would you they do all the previews for all the cartoons they're going to be on Saturday morning cartoons. That was the best night. That's what it seems like this day is kind of going to be, you know, but pick right. your Disney poison. Basically. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And I mean, like my kids love that stuff. Like the they have the Marvel ones. Like every time there's a new Marvel series that comes out on Disney Plus, they drop these things that are basically refreshers on all the main characters. So it's like, okay, so you're gonna watch the next ten minutes of Wanda and what she did in the movies to try to remind you or refresh you on like what her deal is, essentially. And my kids love watching this stuff. I mean, they've seen the movies. They're like, oh yeah, we gotta watch it. It's, it's I like love watching saying. that stuff. Yeah, but it's like what you're saying, Aaron. It's that Saturday morning cartoon preview effect. You know, it's really, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, we're we're hyped up. It's the whole trailer thing, the trailer mindset, and uh, yeah. So that I absolutely guarantee that this is going to be part of that, and it's going to be not only refresher on what you've seen, but also get you hyped for what's coming. And it's also entirely possible that it's going to suck rocks. Well, whether it sucks <laughs> or it succeeds, the one thing that the CEO promises is will be an annual thing. So I think they're betting on people reacting positively to it and mm-hmm. using this kind of like that Friday night trailer for the Saturday morning cartoons of, hey kids, here's everything that's coming next year. So if you haven't subscribed, subscribe now. Cool. Uh, next story, I'll just touch on it right brief. The primetime Emmys were this past Sunday. A bunch of people won awards. A bunch of people got drunk. A bunch of people had a good time. Uh, I'm only bringing it up because uh, The Mandalorian have been nominated for something like one of the 39 Emmys. Lost out on most of them. Or, uh, lost out to The Crown on the Best Drama Series for the year. I did pick up uh, Emmys for Best Prosthetic Makeup in Chapter 13, The Jedi, and Best Original Score for Ludwig, Ludwig Goranson for The Rescue. Alongside, uh, Ewan McGregor won the Emmy for Lead in a Limited Series Movie for something called Houston, which I don't recall if I ever saw that. So, uh, it was just interesting that even though it got all this hype for how much Disney Plus got nominated for, you know, guest stars and the shows and whatever. Ultimately, the TV uh, Academy still kind of went oh, no, no, with the trying to dramas. You know, you, you, you said hype there. Um, 
you and McGregor has uh, been kind of hyping up Obi Wan mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, of course, the um, who was it? The D- Rodriguez is like really Robert Rodriguez, yeah, re- really throwing down the gauntlet for what Book of Boba Fett is going to be. So, oh, yeah. you know. and uh, he he came out and confirmed that Ludwig Gorenson will score Book of Boba Fett. So awesome. that they seem to have an idea of kind of where you know that they want this to kind of sound not be I mean, which would be interesting to see how to compare and contrast those two shows you know so the the emmy thing i don't know this might be old man aaron talking but i do have just a smidge of a problem i i, I guess i don't in in my paradigm in within my head i don't see netflix disney plus name your streaming service as quote unquote tv I don't. I don't know. I don't know why. I. I don't know why. But that's just it. Again, maybe it's because I have one foot in the old and one foot in the new, and it's just I'll. I'll get there eventually. But um, I don't know. So it, but, that. But, then I'll, I also want to say is that um, I'm not shocked that Star Wars doesn't win Emmy awards, except for you know we've talked about it before, except for best music and makeup, right? right you know, so no, but I will say. I mean, the top winners for this year were. The Crown, which is on Netflix, and Ted Lasso, which is on Apple Plus. Mm-hmm. So the barriers between streaming uh, networks and over-the-air broadcast networks have basically been broken down. I mean, you know, I don't know if it was maybe when HBO came along, or maybe well, I'd like Netflix. to know. I'd like but, to know what the what the budget differences are between. I, I mean, we know what what they spent for, you know. Um, for example, Game of Thrones. We know what they spent for The Mandalorian, but then what do they what do they spend for Law and Order? You, you know what I mean. So if if I'm a network exec, am I looking at going? All right, so maybe we need to up our budget, or you know, because I mean, it seems like all streaming services are now whomping the crud out of. I'm going to say, air quotes, TV. the actual TV shows. Yeah, broadcast TV, yeah. You know, and um, so I don't know. And it's like, it's the haves and the haves not, have nots, you know. But you know, part of it, uh, before I let Dave, before I change, what it's happened, you're still thinking, you know, most of might still be thinking, NBC as TV network has got to put TV shows. Whereas the people approving those TV shows are thinking, NBC Universal, so they they got NBC the channel on one half, and then they have Peacock, which is their streaming service on another, and they want to make sure that they're getting services or shows on both, so they're willing to spend more money on the streaming because, you know, they got the money for over-the-air TV. Like, you know, if you're uh, Disney, yeah, you can spend some money on putting a TV show on ABC or ESPN, or you can pour all that into Disney+. Plus. So I, I, um, it looks like they had seven wins okay. just, um, overall. And like some of them were, um, but, but again, um, like a lot of seven Technical. wins. Yeah. Seven wins last year, seven wins this year, 14 overall um, out of 39 nominations. <laughs> so it's like the batting average ain't super high there. Um, but uh, you know, it, I, I think that it's, I think that it's gotten a lot of recognition just by getting nominated. I mean, like, I guess that's sort of a cheesy thing to say, which is like, well, we're just happy to be nominated, you know? Um, 
but like that's not not something that star wars has traditionally always received uh especially in the prestige categories um when you talk about acting and directing etc uh so like for me personally i think it's it's a good thing that it got all those nominations um and i uh uh, it's not going to really affect my enjoyment of the series one way or the no, other. No, either. it doesn't. <laughs> and one thing, I mean, when when the nominations came out and everybody's like, wow, uh, uh, Mandalorian got 39 nominations. Everybody was like, you know, between them and WandaVision and Loki and uh, all these other you know, Disney Plus shows getting nominations. I think there's a recognition that the quality of what's traditionally been considered genre fiction has been upped over the last 20 years or so. So don't be surprised if you do end up with uh, you know, acting nominations and acting wins and directing wins and so, the whole nine because that's that's where all the top actors and directors are going to end up gravitating towards. So we know we know everything is we know everything is rigged, right? Um but yeah. <laughs> but you know, so here's here's my wonder is that um it's it's so I mean Imagine, if you will, that you're this, you know, an actor in this new show, you're really excited about it, and you think you got a good thing going, then all of a sudden Star Wars comes into the room. You know what I mean? And Star Wars is your competition. And so I'm I'm reminded of when I was in music theory class as an undergrad, and the, the professor handed back all the tests. And we're going over answers and stuff like that. And uh, he's and this girl raised her hand and said, Dr. Krause, who, by the way, Dr. Krause sounded and walked like C-3PO. And he looked like C-3PO, too. It was funny as hell. Anyway, asked Dr. Krause, hey, I, I put down such and such for number six. And he's like, yeah, I'll accept that. And my friend Aaron raised his hand and said, Dr. Krause, I put that, too. And he said, Aaron, you got a 98. Get over yourself. <laughs> and so it, it my wonder is it's like okay again you have these shows and star wars comes in the room it's like get over yourself you're star wars everybody knows that you're awesome we don't need to give you all these awards so just go do your thing i don't know maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's just me being petty you know petty saints fan i don't know uh, but, but look there's there's always been a pushback with genres of uh, science fiction, fantasy, horror. I mean, you know, they've been considered low-brow, low-budget, not high art. Even when they get successful, there's always somebody trying to cut the legs out from underneath them and go, well, it's, it's just science fiction. It's just fantasy. And usually it requires, you know, I've got a creative mind like George Lucas or Peter Jackson to come along and go, nope, let me show you what we can do with this. And then everybody goes, oh, wow, oh, my God. And then, then they pretend they knew that all along. So, eh, whatever. Speaking of creative minds, I'll transition uh, to get us on this topic. Uh, the next Star Wars Insider, which is supposed to be coming out in next month, I guess, is going to be their second fiction collection. So it's going to have 20 short stories in total, written by the likes of Timothy Zahn, Paul S. Kemp, Alexander Freed, John Jackson Miller, Delilah Dawson. And it's supposed to be both canon and legends short stories uh it's it's called star wars the fiction collection volume two uh so not looking for content but if you want even more uh star wars stuff on your life it's available from october 26th and you can purchase it at your local book uh 
store. It's very interesting because it's going to, you just kind of uh, hinted at what I'm going to talk about when we get to visions. So okay. cool. Star Wars right. insider, by the way, I, I loved Star Wars insider. I got it for a long time. Again, just a fun publication. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, right quick. Okay. Uh, two more things. First thing I'll, I'll skip one. Uh, Lucasfilm released a new video today promoting their internship program called the Jedi Academy. So if you want to go intern at Lucasfilm, ILM, or ILM X Lab, and the program is announcing additional openings soon. So it's a unified global 12-week paid, paid junior talent internship program at Lucasfilm, Industrial Light and Magic, ILM Cross Lab, created for students and graduates. So once a lifetime experience to learn a dynamic creative production environment. So it's if you're interested, there's a link. I'll, I'll you know I'll pass it on to Dave so you can share it with people. So, if you want to go intern in uh, at uh, at Skywalker Ranch and work at Lucasfilm, it's a it's a far cry from John Knoll and how he got started. You guys heard that story? How he was like I think 13 and he was on like a business trip with his dad and he looked up in the yellow pages industrial light and magic and he called and he's like hey i like to make models and you know just uh, and movies interest me and they're like oh come on down we'll show you some things so they went down he was they were like making all the stuff for empire and everything like that and now he basically runs ilm <laughs> but, so yeah, yeah it makes sense look you know you're always trying to get new fresh new blood ideas that's how you do can i intern at ilm students <laughs> and graduates did you graduate uh, you... Well, yeah i've graduated twice i mean you know so i don't know <laughs> I don't uh, i'm just picturing you showing up there like uh headley lamar and blazing saddles you know student id sean fletcher student id trying to credit somebody going are you kidding me yeah <laughs> uh last but not least uh actually this is from last week we got a little teaser trailer for Knights of the Old Republic remake. So mm. if you played Knights of the Old Republic, like when it came out, they are remaking it for PlayStation 5 and PC. Expected to follow in other platforms uh, like Xbox and uh, I don't know, but the plan to remaster it, build it from the ground up. Uh, they're even going to get apparently some of the voice actors to come back and redo some lines, just to make sure. But if you never played Knights of the Republic, it's it's arguably the best Star Wars video game. I know we've had this discussion before, but it's an awesome game, and I'll be looking forward to it. Why do you think they're releasing this? Because there's a chance to make money, lots of money. Well, yeah. but they they could they could develop a different game. They could. Yeah. I mean, what? I mean, I, I I and we don't have to get into it, but to me, something smells like and i don't know if i've if we've talked about this offline or if we're talking about it on our podcast before so i apologize if i'm repeating myself um but it almost to me because i th i think this era is just you know ripe for the picking for whether it's movie content or disney plus content we still is ryan johnson still working on a star wars trilogy Maybe it's around. The, so is this a primer for something? I don't know. Yeah, could be. I, uh, I, I, 
it probably doesn't affect me personally because it's like I've already like if you're on Steam, you can buy those games, right? Mm-hmm. So you can just get them for your PC and and play them that way. So they're yeah. still so they're still available, but I feel like the reason that you you port these older titles to newer systems is is partly preservation. Um and it's kind of a weird thing to think about because like when you think about it in terms of movies, it's like, well, okay, I had my Star Wars on on VHS and then I had to get the DVDs when we upgraded to DVD, then I had to upgrade to Blu-ray, then I had to upgrade to digital. Um, and, and then I still end up watching them on TBS, but they're just so prevalent that you don't really have the issue. Um, even if you're still like watching, again, I left off the laser discs. I mean, if you're watching your old VHS or laser disc, you're still, you're, you're, you're still getting the film, right? Um, it's like, you don't, some of the older systems you don't necessarily have as as easy an opportunity because like think about it from the pc perspective it's like you can't i can't get things to run like if i if i if i went and i dug up my old copy of doom and tried to run it on a modern pc it wouldn't work i would have to emulate (laughs) um so two things one i think we need to get the, the guys from nerd cave Re- nerd cave retro back on and right. talk about this um yeah um i think it'd be kind of interesting to have them back but number two you talk about a reason to dive into your vhs copies of the old movies i was just reading an article today that um in return of the jedi ula has a wardrobe malfunction and flashes a little bit of something in uh return of the jedi and it was not it was it was fixed when it went to um dvd but um so if you have the vhs copy there you go you know you got all kinds of reasons to go back other (laughs) other than the despecialized uh additions but uh you know i again i don't this product's not for me um because i don't care about souped up graphics um and you know making it prettier and and reworking it in any way i've never played it i i want to i just want to play it period so like i said i i got it on steam it's sitting in my queue at some point i'm gonna like devote you know 70 hours or whatever to it and sit down and play it but um I just think people need to have the opportunity to play these kinds of games. I like your, I I like your point about part. preservation. That's uh, and and legal preservation, right? I mean, mm-hmm. um, I like that. Okay, so that, but like I said, the conspiracy theorist in me is like, you know, they they something smells like they're setting something up. And it could and it could very well be. I mean, uh, for those that don't know, I mean, I think we've mentioned it before in the past. Knights of the Republic One came out, uh, developed by Bauer Studios, comes out two thousand three, I believe, and then in two thousand five, they they rushed a sequel, Knights of the Republic Two. I mean, literally rushed that they dropped the whole uh, a whole chunk of the third act off the game because they didn't have time to meet the Christmas deadline that they're supposed to. And everybody waited for Knights of the Republic 3. And instead, what Bioware did is they developed an MMORPG, a multi-whatever online role-playing game called Star Wars The Republic. Uh, 
where a lot of the characters that were those two games ended up popping in for people to engage with or whatever. I, I've always thought at some point it made too much business sense to not only bring back Knights of the Republic, but then continue the series just because it's a moneymaker. There's a lot of affinity for it. If you don't believe me, go to any convention and look for all the guys dressed as Darth Revan. Yeah. Which is a Sith Lord that has only appeared in that game. And how many of them turn up like him or Bastila or HK-47? And you're like, these characters have existed and in nothing but these video games. Fredo's and- throwing down his nerd card here. Wow. <laughs> I have to. I don't know. That, that was a game I played. I mean, Dave said 70 hours. I sunk 70 hours on each of my playthroughs because you get to play it as both, you know, as you make decisions, you can go light side or dark side, you know, like the old Jedi Academy games, but even more spruced up. So, yes, you end up doing all the side quests, you get all the side characters, develop all the power, so you can end up being. But, and actually, Knights of the Republic is interesting, even though it ended up being so short change. they ended up being quite a philosophical game, which is really interesting. So uh, you can get that game. It's on Steam. Yeah, I think it's on the Apple Store. I think it's, I definitely know it's on Google Play. So if for some reason you feel, don't feel the need to wait for the remake, you can pick it up. But it's nice that they're actually going to develop it and make it already. It'll, it'll play again. Well, again, just your, the whole idea is making money, right? But um to Aaron's point, are they setting, laying the groundwork as well? And maybe they are, and maybe it may even be dependent on how successful this is. Um, if people go ape for this, then it's like, okay, yeah, we're going to do a sequel or, or it's just reminding these characters in the live action in some way. Yeah. I think it'd make yeah. it, it would make a very good Disney plus series actually. So, um, I mean, it's set 4,000 years into the past. So, there's the most tangential of connections to anything we've seen. And I think it, it gives the opportunity for Lucasfilm if they want to develop something else that's that they don't have to be tethered to the Filoniverse, to put it that kind of way. If they want to go something completely different, they can do that. So talking about um, things different. that, uh, you know, Lucasfilm has developed and dropped on Disney Plus, um, Visions dropped yesterday. And um, I totally forgot that it was that was the date. I couldn't believe we're that deep into September already. Um, Q, twenty first of September. Um, do you remember? Anyway, um, but no. I, I so I was like, oh wow, Visions came out. Cool. So, um, and uh, I want I, I want to preface it with this. Um, Dave sent in our private uh, Twitter group here between the three of us and i want his i want him to expand on this to start off our discussion reaction after the first episode it's about time expand if you will sir i i have complicated feelings about the series as a whole um and we'll get to that i think but after just sitting through the first you know 15 minutes of this why I think I, I think I turned to Kate and I said, like, why hasn't this happened before now? Like, just why? Because it's such a natural pairing. This this anime, the Kurosawa and Star Wars. 
those three things, you know, and it's just, I thought the first episode was brilliant and it really almost took my breath away. Um, it's the exact kind of thing that Star Wars has been missing uh, for for my entire adulthood, basically. I mean, like what do you, what do you mean that by that? What do you mean by that? Um, I think like the the acknowledgement of its roots in this manner, because we see so much space western, right? And a lot of that is spaghetti westerny. Um, and the samurai stuff seven. just kind of gets pushed off to the side a little bit. The Ma- Magnificent Seven is like the perfect <clears throat> example. It's like, well, you will see the Western influence of the Magnificent Seven in Star Wars, but you won't see the original film, The Seven Samurai. And, um, and that's so much a part of George's original vision of this, of this whole thing. Um, Darth Vader looked like a freaking samurai. And when you look at those Macquarie drawings from back in the day, it's just like, yeah, no, like this was a lot of this was the point. I mean, like he was, and again, you can overstate the importance. And I think like you could sit here and and just say, oh, well, it means this or it means that. And it's like, it may not necessarily mean much of anything other than George was looking for something that looked kind of foreign and wanted to expand on that because he was trying to do something from a different world for his audience. And so part of it comes from that. Right. And it may not go much deeper, but, but the influence is undeniably there and it has been from, from the beginning. And so for them to just sort of, I'm going to say them, Disney, Lucasfilm, whomever, for them to just sort of ignore it for decades, um, is a little upsetting for me personally. Um, And so for me, yes, it's about time. It is about time that they did this specifically. Now, what I wanted from this series and what we can debate whether we got it or not is something like tangibly different and new and um, bold and outside of the the narrow lines that we sometimes paint ourselves into, and in some respects, yes, like they did that, but I don't know how successful overall they were. But again, from that initial statement, me watching that first episode, my initial reaction, it was like, yes, yes, please, yes. So, um. Yeah, so like I said, I've only seen uh, the first three episodes, and so I'm going to take you on my my little journey here. Um, and Britt and I watched the first one, and I, I was immediately uh, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was blown away just by um, just the storytelling of that one because there were there was very, very minimal dialogue; it was primarily visual. Um, so I, I, and I, so I totally enjoyed it, you know, um, then when I saw that the second one was tattooing Rhapsody, I, I was like, uh, I don't want to hit play. And so I, I saved that for today and I was like, okay, I'm going to watch it. So I watched that and then I watched the twins 
Uh, so those are the first three episodes. It's the duel, then tattooing Rhapsody and the twins. And the thing that I'm struck by just in that three episode arc is Aaron's getting educated on the, the differences in style of anime, three very distinct animation styles. Um, and so I find that absolutely interesting. Um, because I'm I'm an anime novice, you know. I I mean, if you ask me about anime, I'm, like I said, my go-to is Speed Racer. You know, sorry, I mean, <laughs> you know, I I understand what it is, but I don't. I, I haven't, li- you know, I I haven't lived that. You know, I guess I haven't I haven't been in there. So um, so I'm finding that very very interesting. Um, I agree with you, Dave. That it's like it's kind of like we're it, it the the stories strike me as a little bit of a certain point of view. It's like we're not getting drastically new stories. I mean, you know, the twins. It's like you know, Britt and I said it's like, oh, that's kind of a neat little take, you know, on on things. It's almost a little Star Wars what if, you know, type of a deal, kinda. Um, so yeah, I haven't seen anything drastically new. Here is what here here is going to be Aaron's um, I don't know if controversial but you know hypocrisy right I'm just going to share it right now um, I was not a fan of the EU or what later became Legends because my Star Wars was the Star Wars contained within the movies it always bothered me when somebody would tell a different story that happened in star Wars with totally different characters that weren't ones that were in some way connected to the ones that I knew. And this this is very ignorant. I get it, but I was not a fan. I, so yeah, I got to read error to the empire. I was like, I don't really want to because I mean, it was so, you know, it, so a lot of those, uh, a lot of the EU and legends stuff, I just was not a fan of here. We are now, and my instant reaction was, and let's let's take the episode of, uh, well, the duel. Um, so that that first one, where I mean, we're kind of, well, there's there's another Sith, right? But you know, in canon, we're you know there no, it's the rule of two. There's only there are only two. There are Yoda said so, and I've always thought it's a, it's a, it's a huge universe and galaxy. It's like, you did not saying there can't be another evil force wielder. Yeah. They may not have paid the dues and become part of the Sith, but maybe they are, you know, they consider themselves Sith. Um, so why can't we tell these stories? Why are we stuck in Canon? Not. And so I started making an argument for legends and the EU that it's like, we're just, we're telling stories that, I mean, who says that these people weren't, you know, doing these things while Han and Luke and Leia were running around doing their other stuff. Um, so I just find it interesting that I had such a problem with, like I said, the EU and legends and stuff like this, but this has got me going, I'm, I'm invested in this because I'm really digging these other stories. Now, the other thing, and I turned to Britt about this, um, I said, and we're going to have to have an episode about what makes star Wars, star Wars. And at the top of the list is going to be sound. And it's like, once I hear 
a lightsaber, that effect, or you hear a droid beeping or, you know, some of those staple sound effects, it's like, all right, I'm in Star Wars. That's why the force awakens threw me off when the laser blast from Poe at the beginning, it set me off kilter because like, that doesn't sound like Star Wars to me. You know, it was different. So, so that, that I found that kind of interesting. Um, and as afraid as I was to watch Tatooine Rhapsody, what an endearing story. What a great story. You know, it was, it was so cool. Um, and, uh, yeah. So like I said, I'm, I'm surprised that I'm invested in this. I love the fact that we got this different, like I said, and I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm guessing you guys tell me you've seen all of them, I, but I'm guessing that you're, I'm, like I said, the style changes from episode to episode. Um, so anyway. Yeah, it's six studios doing nine episodes. There's a couple of uh, episodes that are, you know, done by the same studio, but even they, they try to different. Uh, yeah, no, uh, when I, when I found, I say, Visions dropped today, I went and made sure to watch the first one. And yeah, that, what I love is this. It's it's an anime studio doing an homage to Star Wars by channeling Akira Kurosawa's, you know, movies, which were heavily influential. If you know anything about George Lucas, you know that he was popping into the movies, into the cinemas in, in Northern California to go watch Kurosawa films in the 60s. You know, whether it was The Hidden Fortress, which influenced Star Wars, whether it was... Uh, no, Seven Samurai or Yojimbo, all of that stuff. I mean, you know, the duel is straight up Yojimbo in Star Wars. If you've never seen Yojimbo, it's a Toshiro Mifune, the road, which later on inspired a fistful of dollars. So anyway, uh, side trivia Toshiro Mifune was who Lucas originally wanted for Obi Wan Kenobi. Alleginus was choice number two. So anyway, uh, I love the concept of the small stories. Because it's not, you know, the fact that they're an anthology series that it's not tied or tethered to one particular set of characters that we have to come back every week. That's good. But I love the fact that these are almost bite-sized. You you like the duel and that's the only thing you like. Hey, you got something you like. Uh, you like the twins and that's the one that appeals most to you. Hey, that's, that's the one that appeals. I, I found that I like different ones for different reasons. Some of it had to do with art. Some of it had to do with the story. Some of it had to do with what it was saying. I love Tattooing Rhapsody. I thought I was going to be like, eh, this is not working. It's the only one that really goes away from, if, if, if I was going to have one criticism of the anthology series, it's the fact that it does lean a lot into the whole Jedi-Sith battle duality, which understandable, it has to, it's Star Wars. However, on Tattooing, have... on Tattooing Rhapsody, it sounded like they got the killers to be the band. But anyway... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No. But by the way, did you guys watch it in English or in Japanese? English. Okay. In English. Okay. I'll recommend whenever you do their second viewing, switch the uh, switch the audio track, go with the Japanese, because hashtag subs, not dubs. But also, it, it, it lends a little different flavor to it. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to, when I do it again, I'm going to have to switch back and go listen to it in English. Just to see how much different, it, it, you know, stuff uh, like some of the uh, chapters, like the Elder and uh, uh, Toby Wand, kind of appeal to that. But what Fred, I love, Fredo, I was going to say, some of the acting you'll recognize mm -hmm. in that in that anime style, you mm -hmm. know, where it's a little, 
like not, yeah yeah not like, like yeah like redubbed style <laughs> where it's like stilted and talking more like this you know so it's like it's not that mm-hmm. obvious but it, it, i got hints of that at varying points where i was like okay so the the dialogue fits what i'm watching and then some just i mean clearly i mean the the uh, the studios, even though they were doing this for Disney, are all Japanese studios. They clearly wrote this and made this in Japanese first and foremost, and then ported it over and dubbed in the English actors, uh, which is why I wanted to see it in Japanese first. Uh, but it's I, I, I enjoyed it tremendously for all the various different vignettes, for all the various different moments. There's there's uh, there's so much of the Japanese influence in Star Wars that kind of goes it's obvious but it also it's almost like it's so obvious nobody acknowledges it but then at the same so it, it takes something like say uh the mandalorian when ahsoka and and uh has having her duel in that japanese garden for something like that to come to the foreground uh, but i really i really really enjoyed it like i said if there was one criticism is that a lot of them could have been a bit bolder and kind of going to different story elements not but then again you're could, doing a star could, story could they, could, could they have really i mean for the for, yeah. right right out of the gate mm-hmm. and now i understand that's what you want yeah. but if you if you want a lot of um a lot of people who if you want this to be pop it's kind of like your first album has to be kind of safe your yeah. your second album you can start stepping out a little bit which is what I'm thinking is season, I don't know, Dave, Dave doesn't like what I just said, but I mean, if, if they, if they would have gone, you know, totally rogue, then you would have hit a niche audience. And I don't, I don't necessarily know. And I'm not saying that I think that that's right. I'm just saying, I just, you know, but if, if not here, when second season, you get sorry that uh, you you look at like I mean I'm just going to say Zuropa. You know it's like U two puts out the Joshua Tree, you know, and then not too long after that is Zuropa, and because they've you know people have gotten you know into U two and they trust U two, and then it's like okay now U two can step out and do some weird things, so. I think, you know, I think second season of Visions, they could definitely step out, especially if people are like now invested. Well, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, because I was surprised that we didn't get more stuff with Bounty Hunters besides tattooing uh, Rhapsody. I would have been very much, or that we didn't get anything having to do with the clones, or that we didn't get to, you know, and again, I get it. It's each studio, I mean, remember, none of these studios were working in conjunction with any other ones they all each one were doing their own thing they were all you know came up with their own stories they even acknowledged that in some ways they're not even worried whatsoever about canon they're like no this doesn't matter where it fits because the chapters kind of leap all over the the timeline but they're like we don't care whether it fits in canon or not whether somebody's done this or not whether this is uh on a, a lucasfilm approved uh, force power or not the twins has two characters having a duel in space, neither one of them were in armor and nobody cares. So, you know, you know what bothered me about that episode is that the droid had like a space helmet on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, Dave? You know, it's, 
the, if I have a critique, it's that it um, from episode to episode, it was too familiar. This is like the first episode's bold and amazing. And the second episode is kind of the same way and in a different way. And then the third episode, and now it's like, wait a minute, this is kind of similar to what I've already seen. And then, and again, I, I understand like there's a, like you said, there, there's independent studios doing their own things. Um, and I think there's probably, there was probably an overarching director who wanted there to be a kind of a through line and the, and a kind of a rhyming to all of this. Um, I'd be curious to learn a lot more about those sorts of decisions, how this came to be, et cetera. But like, it's interesting that you I'm sorry, hold, hold that thought just for me because it's really interesting that you say that because and I don't want to lose this is that because yeah. Metallica just, you know, re-released the Black Album and they, you know, and they had this special edition where they asked, you know, other bands and artists to go ahead and record your favorite, you know, Metallica song. And they said they got like 15 Nothing Else Matters. And right. they're like, you know, Okay, to hell with it. We'll just put it on there. So you get like 15 versions of Nothing Else Matters. So I understand what you're saying. It's like you have the individual studios, but, you know, maybe it, and, you know, maybe it was, okay, we want, did, did, did the story group say we want an overarching something or is it just everybody was just kind of into this Jedi, you know, type of a thing? And, they were stuck on the whole Jedi Sith thing. And maybe maybe we got 15, nothing still, else matters. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Although I will say. Sorry, sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I cut into Dave. So yeah, I'm going to cut. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. yeah, go ahead. No, it's all right. Um, you know, I, I just, I like if the, the idea behind the show was one of innovation. At least that's what I took from it from the outset. It's like, this is something that we haven't really seen before. And I thought it was overdue, but then within the construct of delivering a product to us that was Star Wars, right? It was like, what what makes Star Wars? We we talk about that. Um, I almost feel like they went too they they erred on the side of caution a little too much, where it's like, well, let's make sure that it's Star Wars e enough for people, and it's like go crazy show us some new stuff go go across the galaxy and show us people that aren't jedi and show us people that aren't sith and and go ham with it and um i would have i would have loved to have seen more i, I guess and i don't want to i don't want to paint as a failure because it's absolutely not that and and the biggest comparison point for me um coming out of it was solo because like watching solo you're like yeah, this is a familiar character. Yeah, we've heard about some of these things that have occurred, but we didn't see, we'd never seen any of that. And so it's like we saw a bunch of cool new crap that we'd never seen before. And so, like, for me, that was like, that was kind of what I wanted to get out of this as well. And I think we, we did. Um, but I thought they could have pushed it a little bit further. You know, it'll be interesting. You guys both binged this. And, I'm I'm taking it in a longer, you know. I'm probably only going to watch one or two a day. Um, it'll be interesting, and, and now I'm going to be I'm going to be looking at it through like different eyes now because of what you guys have, what your criticism, you know, criticism in quotes, um, what your feelings were. 
would it be different if you were watching an episode a week or an episode every couple of days and not the whole thing in a day and a half? I don't know. Maybe we'll just have that rhetorical and, you know, I'll probably come back and say, yeah, it was the same thing over and over again. But anyway. But, no, but I, I was going to say, in, in some ways, I mean, the, we we might be uh, very critical of something that's obvious to us, but it's because in some ways, these influences, the Jedi, the Sith, lightsabers, the kyber crystals, there's a lot of this stuff that's just, again, borrowed by George Lucas from Japanese cinema. Like I said, whether it's Kurosawa or any of the other Chambara, you know, samurai action movies that were became popular in the 50s and 60s and that permeated into anime, you know, because there, a lot of that, uh, a lot of that ethos kind of, you know, went into animation in Japan and that is what those guys are making. So it's for them to get around the, the, you know, the concept of the Jedi versus the Sith as, you know, clans fighting, dueling, battles of good and evil. Because again, anime by and large, even though anime is a mad art form, you can have very innocent, childish stuff that appeals to all ages, like something like Studio Ghibli. You can have some very dark, horrific, harrowing stuff. I'm, I'm not even talking about the adult stuff. I'm just talking something like Berserk, where, yeah, you're going to be questioning God and everything and that stuff. Uh, and this is kind of somewhere in the middle. Okay, you know, there's some there's some sort of stuff out there, but you know this kind of uh, Star Wars anime lands somewhere in the middle, where it's very much appealing to all ages. It's about the historical battle, good and evil. It's very easy to animate. It, it you know it's something that they know how to do. It's almost like okay, we know we know what this what this song sounds like because you know uh, this is our jazz because we wrote this jazz two generations ago. You know the the other thing is that this is the first time okay you're saying you wanted them to go you know even bolder but just if you look at just if we have star wars as this little ball you know by by introducing anime that's star wars going bold which is something people have been you know because because all of our star wars has looked the exact same mm-hmm. and yeah. So again, that's Star Wars going bold. So maybe it was, okay, guys, keep it to, you know, make sure there's stuff there that people, like I said, uh, you know, I hear a lightsaber. That sounds like, you know, things that are going to make people, because, you know, you if it was, I, I'm just going to say it again, if it was as bold as you wanted it to go, then there's going to, you're going to bring out the people going, not my Star Wars, get off my lawn, bad, this is bad, you know. So that's why I'm, I, I'll put down ten bucks right now that season two is going to be a much different creature. I'll say to Fredo's point too, like it's 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 rooted in the actual roots of the material, right? Mm-hmm. And like that to me is important. It's like okay, so we're going to actually acknowledge the elephant in the room, which is like that George cribbed a lot of these ideas from our material, and we're taking it back. In a, in, a, in a kind of way that um, is kind of cheeky, but um, important oh. as well. And I like this is why I like wholeheartedly endorse people watch this because like if you watch The Mandalorian and you're thinking like, wow, this is really great in the space westerns way, you know. Um, well, the space western came about because of the Kurosawa stuff. I mean. 
that's that's where the west that's where the spaghetti westerns came from i mean like that's like there's a line that goes from here to here to here to here mm-hmm. you know and so it's like yes you should absolutely watch this and get a better appreciation for where what what inspired star wars in the first place i was gonna say i, I know you all nine episodes dave so I don't know if you've seen The Hidden Fortress, but that final episode, like the first half of it, just scream The Hidden Mm -hmm. Fortress with the two side characters. I'm just like, I'll leave it at that for Aaron, who hasn't seen it. But yeah, just like, you have all these influences that have permeated and are part of the fabric. And interesting seeing how those now Star Wars is influencing this generation of creators. Because trust me, a lot of the, you go back and see stuff like Robotech and Macross and stuff in the 80s. He was influenced by Star Wars. They were like, oh my God, we got to do stuff like this and we got to have all this sort of speed and whatever. And now they're trying to pass it off to the next generation showing, yeah, you can play in this playground with the crayons that you have and make something awesome. And I think we will revisit this show at some point and like just get Aaron's impressions, uh, you know, about the rest of it and, and whatnot. But I also feel like... Um, the question that I would have for you guys, and this is brought up to me by somebody else, and it's it's a good one, which is like the scope of the galaxy and what, how does this help or hurt that scope that we've sometimes lamented and talked about? It's like, what, how is this like set in an entire galaxy that you can fly from one world to the next and it's just about three people, you know? Um, and then one of the specific questions that I immediately have, and again, this is, it's kind of like what you're talking about with legends, Aaron, um, are we expanding on this idea of what happened during the Jedi purge and like how many people actually died, how many people actually survived that purge? Um, and have just been hiding out because it's just safer that way. Um, I think that it kind of opens up some of those kinds of questions, which is a good thing um, because it, it adds a, a more of a tapestry uh, to what we already have. And, and I really appreciate that about it too. Yeah. I mean, we'll kind of leave that as a rhetorical question. because I think that's going to be a good, uh, that'd be a good topic to hit um, maybe even next week. Um but I agree with you in that I've, it's like I, it's it's the whole again canon versus non-canon that drives me bonkers anymore. It's like really what I want is I I want I want my saga movies to connect, but I recognize that there are all these other stories that can be told because you know I mean it, you know a day in the life of Aaron is not a day in the life of Fredo you know right um so yeah well hey folks on on twitter facebook whatever let us know what you think of visions um let us know uh, maybe what your favorite uh, episode is um you know hit us up well like i said we like to be bothered during work so um you can find us uh, on twitter and facebook and uh and uh hopefully the saints will find the middle ground maybe a little bit this week um so yeah, we'll just yeah. leave it at that. So with that, we will say who dat? Who dat?
Good at. And everybody have an awesome, awesome week. My monkey.